Hi everyone, no advertisement this week on our episode, but uh, instead in the episode description you can find links to various organizations and fundraisers in support of Black Lives Matter and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, so uh, we ask that you donate to those organizations if you can, uh, and with that we'll get into this week's episode. Thank you. say for the both of us uh uh black lives matter yes and that's and we'll yeah we'll let that stand we'll let that stand as it is just to show what we're about here today yeah and i think i think it at the top it may seem uh it probably seems silly uh to talk about movies right now Mm -hmm. right it probably does yeah but i think our job today is to prove why it's not and why movies are still very uh, important, uh, especially today, um, and relevant, and uh, why movies, uh, if anything, should be watched more now. Yes. And I have, so as a white male, I've been trying to listen a lot, uh, even though I think I'm a woke person, I've still been learning. And I've seen a lot of people post stuff about just like supporting black art in general, black artists, mm-hmm. um, you know, even just black small businesses and everything like that too. And people have been posting a lot of uh, movies to watch, movies and documentaries to watch to educate yourself more, to be yeah. more empath- empathetic Lots of books to that. Too. Yeah. And there's definitely, uh, so that's kind of what we're trying to do today is, uh, give some recommendations to people uh from what we've seen that yeah can show you a different perspective and i think a lot of people these days are probably looking for that type of movie too i don't think this Mm -hmm. is an out of bounds thing to do i think it's no if anything this is beneficial um yeah because there's been so much stuff in the past decade uh Mm -hmm. especially that is uh you could say supports uh black lives matter and i think that um, we've definitely regularly talked about a lot of them um, on the show, and mm. as they've came out, as they've come out as well, just the past couple of years, there've been there've been tons that have um, uh, I felt have made me more aware uh, um, these past couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think we'll get into uh, yeah we'll get into a lot of those, but I think yeah people are wanting to to seek out. Um, you know, movies that they can see, like they can open their eyes to a different um, side of society. That yeah, and I would say a lot know. of these movies um, on our list um, aren't necessarily uh, movies that everyone sees either, or that everyone yeah. is like, you know, going to see immediately. Um, mm-hmm. There are plenty of woke people who consider themselves very woke, who saw probably Avengers Endgame and didn't see one of these movies, for instance. Yes, definitely. You know, like, yeah, not to throw shade. <laughs> yeah. Throw shade at Marvel uh, without thinking, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, to even piggyback off that, uh, Black Panther came out last year, which or two years ago, last year, two years ago. And that, I mean, that was huge too. Yeah. Just for, you know, a a major superhero. Yeah. 
and even that had there was controversy with that which is ridiculous which uh yeah which is why if um i don't know if you felt that black panther is controversial because it uplifts uh minority then uh yeah you should probably watch these movies too to open your eyes yeah yeah i can see i can see that i remember people being like the only reason why people like black panther is because you know it it it, it's because it's the first uh african-american superhero film and yeah, they're only giving it credit for that. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess should we just get into uh, something on our list? Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you want to bring up first? First? Yeah. Uh, all right, I guess um, right off the bat, because it came out in the last year, uh, well, let's just quickly touch on the last black man in san francisco because uh it came out in the last year and we we we've talked about it i think a few times yeah we did this is on our our top top movies of 2019 list um we probably talked yeah talked about it a few other times besides that but uh really great uh really great depiction of gentrification and um, you know, black people kind of going through, uh, generations of living in a city and then forcibly being, you know, pushed out of certain areas because of what else happens in San Francisco is a perfect, yeah. um, yeah, a perfect setting to depict that because, uh, as someone who now I live in the Bay area, having just visited the Bay area in the past as like a kid, uh, honestly, I, don't even think I noticed um, any many black people around, uh, you know, doing touristy things around the main yeah. stuff in the oh, city. Oh, definitely. Um, and now having having more knowledge of it, there's a lot of just black communities that have been sort of shunned by the rest of the city that are much much less developed and uh, much harder hit by by uh, poverty. I think they say that like when the Warriors changed arenas, that uh, there's a noticeable difference in now. It, like when they left Oakland, now it's a bunch of white people. Um, yeah. Before it was more, it's a bunch of rich white people. Before it was more, uh, just like people, um, you know, African Americans who lived in the neighborhood, you know, who were just born and bred Oakland sort of thing. So that I feel like there's a culture a big culture shift uh when the state just from a change of location yeah yeah it's really interesting how like the difference between san francisco and oakland too uh i mean they both have their fair share of issues but like oakland has uh say a substantially larger black population and they've had a lot rougher times <laughs> and right yeah san francisco's then turned into you know like the tech capital of the world and yeah really um yeah just done a, a lot of uh a lot more bad than good maybe depending on how you look at it there's definitely good things to take away from the tech boom but uh yeah I, last black man in san francisco i guess doesn't touch on like that aspect of it too much no um yeah i remember that just the one moment that really stuck out to me is when uh the main character he's on he's on like the bus and then these white women are 
um, complaining about San Francisco and you know how much it's changed and how they don't like it as much anymore and yeah yeah and then he brings up that you know he asked if they're from here and if they lived here like long and they haven't and and he says like they don't have the right to to hate san francisco um so yeah yeah, yeah i think you've i think you've put it best like if you're looking for a specifically a movie that touches on uh gentrification yeah uh, must mm-hmm. be in american cities uh last black man uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco is the the Citizen Kane of those movies. If you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, really, we yeah. we did a soundtrack episode uh, slash score episode uh, last week, and I Last Black Man in San Francisco is one of the best uh, uh, scores of the last year. Um, that is. Yeah. So if you're just into like music and raw emotion and a, and a de- also are just um, looking to support support African American cinema. Uh, last Black mm-hmm. Men San Francisco is you cannot go wrong because you will be yeah. uh, you will be in tears by the end of it. Yeah, and it's definitely really personal too because I think I can't remember the guy's oh, name. Oh yeah, I wish it's I did, clearly but, very personal. Yeah, yeah, but the the main the main guy and I think the director, they're both like friends from San Francisco, and this is a very personal movie for them that they made. So I, I mean that that always helps just the genuineness of it um too oh yeah so yeah definitely last All black right. man san francisco that's first one of our recommendations all right so where do we go from here i guess <laughs> further into the past um, so uh, yeah well yeah you you go you go okay i, was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to interrupt um i was just gonna say uh back to a uh I believe 2018 movie, I believe, called uh, Steve, Mc- Steve McQueen's Widows that we've talked about a yes. bunch as well. Which was our favorite movie of uh, yeah. 2018. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Widows was was one that for somehow got, uh, you know, kind of under the radar, even though it was coming yeah. off of Steve McQueen winning an Oscar yeah. for 12 Years a Slave. Um, but yeah, and, and it's know, like a huge movie, right? Too. Yeah, it's huge. It's got such a cast. It's it's really a, it's a heist movie which should appeal uh, to a lot of people. Yeah, um, on its it, surface, it's a it's a really good crime heist movie, but then it's got so many other layers beneath it, which yeah. think, makes it so much better. Oh yeah, yeah. It is a it is a dark. Uh, a dark depiction of an American city, a uh, little city called Chicago. Yeah, his um, name is Chicago. And it, it's it got, like, Colin Farrell playing uh, kind of the scummy mayor, and Robert Duvall plays his uh, father, who was the former mayor, so they're kind of like a family who's ran uh, Chicago and essentially ran uh, ran a lot of the working people um, of Chicago into the ground, as presented mm-hmm. by the film. Um, uh, Brian Tyree Henry is also is plays a uh, guy running for mayor and kind of trying to oppose this order that's been going on for a while. Um, but yet, like he's kind of at the same time aware of how the how the darkness of the system and what he's getting into and how um 
in a way if he if he were to win like like how he has no chance to win and if he were you know like what change would he really uh be able uh to make uh He's not really a hero by any sense. He's more of a, he's kind of a dark, more of a dark figure. You know, he's kind of mm-hmm. uh, trying to take advantage of uh, being the token African-American candidate and using it to his advantage. Um, and Daniel Kaluuya plays a very, uh, a very uh, violent, very Joker-esque villain in a way. Yeah, he's scary. Uh, yeah. yeah, very, very scary. Uh, that has some of the very uh, suspenseful uh, scenes with with him. Um, and then uh, it's the main four uh, heist members are uh, Viola Davis. Um, ugh, I should have this pulled up. Um, since I'm apparently I'm going through the whole cast right now. Yeah, Viola Davis, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. Um, Cynthia Erivo, I believe, um, who was also who also played Harriet Tubman and Harriet came out last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, she joins them later. She's one of the drivers, mm-hmm. and then Elizabeth uh, Debicki. Yes, yes, she's the last one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Liam Neeson is also Viola Davis's husband. Yeah. On this, uh, yeah, huge cast um yeah and it's uh there's a lot of um it just shows chicago as the city that kind of doesn't want to um kind of admit its hypocrisy in a way and tries to shield a lot of the uh i don't know the 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 really negative parts of the city that uh yeah the white kind of the white people in power um try to shove under the rug because you look like oh look the bean like every all these <laughs> tourists are taking their picture there yeah. oh look wrigley field oh look all this all this great stuff uh, around yeah. the city but then there's a part of the city that's so ignored and yeah uh, yeah i, I think you know. it like the movie kind of like sets a code for like the reality of how this world uh how, how just the world works in a way kind of like how we were talking about with network earlier there's just kind of a standard there's kind of a standard code um that's like almost unspoken amongst everybody um yeah like when that guy's talking to elizabeth debicki and he's like money's you know money's the way the world works as far as i'm concerned like why won't you come with me to china (laughs) and (laughs) and then colin colin farrell you know he does the campaign for the ward and then he gets back in the car and he's like there were there were you know how many murders there were in the past week 34 he's like i don't even want to be reelected and all it's just it's just a very real depiction of uh of the world and just uh how it's all connected yeah totally yeah and that scene when when colin farrell's giving his speech to that to the black community and then you know they're seemingly like all with him because he's just pandering to them yeah and then immediately gets in the car and starts you know freaking yeah. out that that uh, yeah i always think back to that scene i love that scene so much yeah it's a great transition from like you know uphold upholding control to like physical goof goofy breakdown almost yeah yeah because yeah. colin farrell's so great so he was great in it yeah yeah he, he played oh, that part I, so well i think it's great mm-hmm. like whenever he like he's on the boat and he's talking to liam neeson he's like don't think you could do me like you did your crew. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and uh, and in that in that scene too, when they're driving away, and the camera is just on the outside of the yeah. limo the whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah, showing just all these um, streets like in the projects. And then slowly panning over as they keep driving. Yeah, they turn a corner and, and it's then, uh, upper class mansions yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, and it looks like Ritz Carlton and everything. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's a really uh, personal movie to Chicago. Yeah, which, uh, I know Steve McQueen is English, um, so I don't know what connection he has to Chicago, but uh, I think it's it was probably a good uh, like San Francisco for gentrification. Chicago was a really easy city to show sort of the yeah, uh totally there yeah the there's definitely more there's mm-hmm. definitely more gentrification in this uh movie as well um like we talked about with mm-hmm. the last uh scene and and there's also most i think most importantly today um there's that's there's that scene where it shows a flashback scene where it shows liam neeson and viola davis davis's son kind of mm. driving down lake street under the l yeah and um the, it shows him get pulled over by a couple police they think he's got a gun he actually doesn't and they shoot him they shoot him dead and it kind of uh preludes to why uh there was such a huge um uh tragic like unfolding uh for viola davis and liam neeson kind of how they ended up uh things ended up the way it did for them yeah, I completely forgot about that too. That's yeah, because it's such a quick scene, but it like mm-hmm. it's one of the most important ones in the movie, and it's yeah, it's one of the more direct, yeah. I think, social commentary scenes in the movie as well. Because he he was driving like a a nice car, yeah, like mm-hmm. a, and so they yep. they figured because he was black that he probably stole it. Uh, yeah, wow, I completely forgot about that scene. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely one. why I uh, definitely why I picked the movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess on top of all the social commentary shit we just uh, talked about in Widows, um, I think that oh, we haven't mentioned the fact that it's just like also a really entertaining heist movie that is uh, very empowering for uh, women. Uh, mm-hmm. and people of color as well um and it's yeah. got some badass scenes with daniel kaluuya <laughs> so yeah. just like it's not like at all a like a boring um a boring movie with just a bunch of uh dra- drama it's like a really entertaining blockbuster at the same time i feel like it yeah. just has a lot of gritty realism to it yeah definitely it's not a it's not a movie that's trying to just openly lecture you in a really dry way. It's a real super entertaining, yeah, no, yeah, great movie, uh, yeah. And but it also has these important messages in it that um, are really easy to digest. Um, yeah, it's uh, definitely one of my favorites um, in the past few years, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have much yeah, more to say about that, Widows. That, that yeah. is Widows. Definitely check that out. What's weird is there was one time I was on set and I met this random, you know, a, a dude as you do on set, uh, <laughs> and he said he was on the set of Widows. And I remember you saying, yeah, that. yeah I told yeah. you that, right? And he was just like, he 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 said when he watched it, he did not like it, and I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean you yeah. didn't like? It? I was just so confused, and and 
I was kind of just jealous that he was on the set because I'm like, wow, you mm-hmm. didn't even appreciate the movie that you were on set. I would like kill to be on set of Widows. Yeah, yeah, and you especially didn't... just with all the talent behind and, it. And I think he had some, uh, he had some like take. It was like, uh, you know, there's no uh, real obstacle uh, for the heist or something like that. And I was like, ah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't see that. See, that, I, don't, I don't. I don't. In a way, I will say uh, that while uh, we say that we previously said previously said that this movie panders to audiences in a way, I also think it's may at times be a little smart for audiences, and mm. uh, maybe is one of the reasons why it didn't become uh, as mainstream of a of a success as we thought it should be. I can actually. I can kind of see why he said that and maybe some people wouldn't like it as much if they go into it expecting just like a um run-of-the-mill yeah, action like, what heist are all movie. these what are all these conversation scenes you know like yeah why am i listening to colin farrell and brian um tyree brian tyree henry yeah uh, like talking with each other and like negotiating yeah what's the point of all this i just want to see like an action heist movie with yeah Liam Neeson and yeah exactly yeah. and where has where is Liam Neeson yeah, he's not he's hasn't been in like the whole movie <laughs> where is he he was in that amazing scene at the beginning and now he's gone yeah that that, that makes sense I can see why yeah, people but, are going but into at the it same with time, that thought but what I'm hoping happens and we will see uh, as time goes on uh, that this movie becomes like a thriller that is remembered uh, to the level of something like uh michael mann's heat or even Mm -hmm. like um i'm trying to think of another one there was one other i had in mind because i'm about because i'm also about to say the dark knight but another crime thriller from like that past 20 years that widows might remind me of um all that's coming to mind right now is heat heat the departed yeah yeah Uh, a little yeah a little the departed mm -hmm. too a little the departed i think yeah i'm hoping um in the next like decade that it starts to like be remembered that way Um, yeah definitely yeah yeah i think widows will be a a very important uh piece of cinema in the next five to ten years (laughs) it'll stand the test of time yeah exactly all right um yeah i actually i might bring up one uh that's on your list because uh it also um oh man well we have, we have a few that uh we have a lot okay, we, we have I'm, yeah I'm we have s- one that re- relate that also relates to chicago and one that also relates to the bay area okay oh both um, huh so yeah I, I was thinking we could we could maybe go fruitvale station or uh or chirac i, I i'm i'm down for either Hey, maybe we'll go Fruitvale Station. Yeah. So I, I haven't. So another good reason to do this is because this will give me some more to watch um, out of our list that I haven't seen, and I know I know all about the Oscar Grant um, situation in Oakland, which is depicted in Fruitvale Station, but I haven't seen the Ryan Coogler movie yet. Um. Oh. Yeah, that yeah. is like the most probably like out of all of these, like the most relevant uh, to what happened. Uh, 
over the weekend. Mm. I think obviously just because of what happens in this film, it kind of all builds uh, to the conclusion of uh, Michael B being killed in a subway station. Um, mm-hmm. But this, I, yeah, I think, I, yeah, th- I think this movie is um, very under talked about maybe uh, from the mainstream I, I rarely world. hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's one of the most important films, like, easily mm-hmm. in the past 10 years. Like, I think it's one of those that is so important for especially, like, if you're not informed about, like, Black Lives Matter. Um, and if you're, even if you're, like, an All Lives Matter person, and if you sat, if you, there's, no, it's impossible to, like, sit down and watch Fruitvale Station and not have an, an emotional, um, be pulled emotionally by um, what the Black Lives Matter movement stands for, just because the film is just so well done. It's just kind of like a day in the life. Um, I, I want to know the guy's name because it's about an action. Do you have it pulled up, John? Uh, which guy's name? Uh, the Fruitvale Station guy. Oh, Oscar Grant. Oscar, uh, yeah, you said it earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oscar Grant. Because I want to keep saying in the life of Michael B. Jordan, because it's about an actual guy <laughs> who got murdered. So I want to like respect yeah. his like legacy and stuff. Um, but yeah, um, a day in the it's kind of a day in the life of Oscar Grant. Kind of him just trying to survive. Um, he shows him visit with his girlfriend, kind of hang out with some friends, hang out with his mother. It's kind of just shows. It's kind of a day in the life at the beginning, and it uh, kind of all just builds to the scene where he tragically gets uh, murdered by a police and it all starts just kind of kind of from unfair treatment as well so it's 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 not only like a tra it's like it's a tragic movie it's also a frustrating movie um but mm-hmm. it's very it's just very well done um and, it, and it's also very it's very short it's like i think it's one of those that's like an hour 20 hour 30 um hmm. So yeah, I, I highly recommend any anybody to check this out. This is one of those movies that I think it will like can just change the consciousness and really um, uh, inform people who are ill informed. Yeah, and this one, not all of the the movies on our list. Most of them aren't, um, I guess, about a true event. But this one is. Yeah, I mean, like this, like Widows has the one scene related to like Black Lives Matter, uh, where mm-hmm. the police are uh, shoot their uh, their son. But also, that is that is fictional, and this is the most uh, Fruitvale Station is definitely the most on this list uh, that is directly a hundred percent related to Black Lives Matter. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a a Black Lives Matter logo or something in the credits or some something, something mm-hmm. like that. Something that uh like a message or something like that that promotes uh the movement. Uh yeah. Cause it, it just mm-hmm. a- it ends it's such a heartbreaking ending and um yeah it's one of those that kinda like fades out and it'd be like this many African Americans have been um you know killed by police and we need to stop racial uh um racism and all that stuff yeah and uh i didn't hear much about i don't remember hearing about the situation at all when it actually happened no um, no i don't think back I in the day yeah so i think that's an important one to watch too because i think this, movie was, ma- this movie was like a while ago before the movement uh took took uh heat i i yeah. guess you could say almost um 
because it was it's re- it was really early like before Kugler became Kugler like 2013 yeah. 2013 um, yeah and i think i think i think it should be the movie that he's uh i i think like most known for i really do mm-hmm. when i think of him i think of uh i i do think of creed a lot because creed's really damn mm. good but uh all <laughs> i think fruitvale station should be uh looked at as his movie for the most part yeah mm. nice and then, so another one I wanted to bring up that I, I also haven't seen, but would recommend to people just based on um, me watching the trailer and wanting to watch it. I didn't get around to it, but uh, Blind Spotting's on HBO. Yeah, I also haven't seen that. I heard that's I hear that's a uh, a radical one. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's supposed to be um, really good. Apparently, you know, the ending could be a bit controversial, but uh, it's also based in the Bay Area, made by. Damn. These two guys from Oakland. One of them is um, David Diggs, who I think a he lot was in of the... Bay Area movies so far. It's been like, yeah, been like three. Yeah, and uh, so I think it was it was uh, written and stars David Diggs, um, and then his co-star in it uh, was also the co-writer. And David Diggs is one of like the main cast members from Hamilton. I think the original mm. like mm. Broadway show yeah. Hamilton. Um, so yeah, I heard good things about that. Came out a couple years ago. So there's another quick recommendation um, for another Bay Area uh, yeah. movie. Yeah. Now let's finish yeah. off the Bay Area ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> region by region. Um, All right. I, yeah. I think a next one to go to to finish up. May I think no, not finish up the 2010s. We still have. A, <laughs> We still have a, a, we have a lot more 2010s actually. Yeah. I thought this was the last one. I don't even know which. All right. Well, let's get an obvious one out of the way. Uh, a little movie that everyone saw. We're not informing you at all by uh, saying this na- movie's title, but uh, Get Out. Everyone, yeah. everyone saw Get Out. Well, not everyone. Because I, I still know some people who I've had to like recommend to see that. Yeah. Well, but at the same time, not everyone watches movies, but people who do watch yeah. movies. No. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. You're right. Um, but yeah, I think Get Out is one that um, that we should recommend because uh, it's one of the more mainstream, easier to oh to yeah get into yeah for sure type movies that also touches on a lot of social issues. Um, I. Th- think it's so i think it's easy for people to get interested in it um yeah and and yeah and And i and i mean if you haven't seen get out yet then you probably haven't seen any of the movies on this list and you should probably start at get out (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you probably haven't seen any movie in the past 10 years if you haven't seen get out (laughs) well and i think uh i think it's good to highlight jordan peele too because he's made it clear that he's yeah um he's trying to to make an effort to tell black stories you know, yeah just include black yeah. families his, his black, whole thing people in it so um yeah us you know also mm-hmm. there's some definitely social issues um brought up in us um so yeah i think jordan peele is um like ryan coogler is one of these yeah um yeah, newer big directors right yeah. now that are yeah. that are doing a lot in the film industry. Yeah, I would I would say uh, 
definitely look out for Jordan Peele's, Ryan Coogler's, and uh, Steve McQueen's next films uh, for mm-hmm. sure. Like I would, um, yeah, Spike. Spike Lee, we will get to Spike Lee. Look out for his next film. Yes. Uh, yeah. Look out for Barry Jenkins' next film. Like, they are going to be uh, something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, that's Get, that's, that's uh, get Out. Let's Get um, Out. Uh, all right, another one to get out that came out recently that we have talked about uh, on our uh, our Denver Film Festival episode is uh, Tyrell, um, and yeah. I think that's a good one to follow up. Get out with because it is uh, it is in a way a it is it is similar to Get Out. I, I forget like there was a modi- moderator that kind of explained the film in a perfect way in its relationship to Get Out. It, w- it was like Get Out's like the surface, and Tyrell is like the inner surface or something like that. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean. <laughs> But yeah, I forget exactly what they said. So here's like a, a plot sum- summary that I think helps. It says Tyrell spirals out of control. Or Tyler. Yeah, I just I made the same mistake that they make <laughs> in the movie. His name's Tyler, but everyone oh, thinks you, it's Tyrell because it he's black. Yeah. So yeah, I read it wrong there. Tyler spirals out of control when he realizes he's the only black person attending a weekend birthday party in a secluded cabin. And um. Yeah, basically from that, and I remember their introduction to it at the film festival. I was, it was, um, it was like preparing us for something like Get Out. Yeah. Like, oh shit, what's gonna happen to this Tyrell? Yeah, kind guy? of a. It was preparing us for like a bit of a rabbit hole. Um, yeah. Kind of like Get Out, but it's not the rabbit hole you kind of ex- you expect. It's more because this film's a little. It's not horror. It's more uh indie and more based in realism and kind of it kind of um it kind of magnifies and shines a light on just uh the subtleties of uh dialogue and and interaction and how uh like certain things like i don't know like there's certain things like passive aggressive racism and and just Mm -hmm. things like that that's definitely uh projected onto uh tyler in this movie yes (laughs) Yeah, I think something that Tyrell does really great is that it, it makes you a little bit anxious almost constantly yeah. that something is going to happen. And it, uh, and at the end, I guess I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but uh, in the end, it sort of makes you realize that, oh, this is maybe how black people feel all the time in regular society. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. anxious that you know they're the only black one here and yeah for some reason our society um can be afraid of black men um, right just because of systemic racism um so yeah i I think i think it really does a good job at just making the viewer feel anxious and anticipate something that maybe not even be there yeah, and it, it'll just be like one of the white guys, like Michael Sarah or Christopher Abbott, uh, will say something, and they're just kind of they're. It's not racist. It's one of those things that you know you could say on the surface it's not racist, uh, but it 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 um it's like dancing around it, and there's just constant remarks and things said like that, or and mm-hmm. and then on top of that, just little like differences. 
that are picked out between uh, Tyler and all these guys throughout um, as the time goes on. And it kind of just builds and builds into just where he's just feels sick to his stomach and eventually like uh, he's unsafe and uh, literally like he's just like weeping at one point. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty masterfully done. And um, all the, I don't think a lot of people saw this movie also. Yeah, um, definitely not, yeah. <laughs> I have not met a lot of people who've seen Tyrell. Um, <laughs> no. And I, 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 I love all the white dudes in this movie. I think they're all, they do <laughs> a phenomenal job. Uh, I love Christopher Abbott. I love Michael Sarah, Um, and I love Caleb Landry Jones is usually, you know, is in this and get out and get out. <laughs> he yeah. does a great <laughs> job in both <laughs> of making the uh, African-American lead just feel incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think even if uh, uh, another thing I liked about Tyrell too was obviously like there's the there's the race um, part of it, but even as uh, as someone who's felt like an outsider in any sort of um, scenario, it's it's relatable in that sense. And then I think it just kind of propels it forward by um, you know by the fact that Tyler is black and. The, uh, yeah these white guys are were so annoying and obnoxious yeah too that uh yeah i mean yeah he, he had every right to for so many reasons i think i think there's a scene where they ask it. him to to rap or something like that or or they yeah, ask him yeah that's right they ask him to do an impression or, or something like that or yeah it's some, yeah it's something one that, of those uh, things of course some, some white guys would ask their black friend to do um for for no reason, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was actually I was watching the news and one of the black anchors was asked by someone like in the newsroom if he if there's ever a point in time where he is isn't aware that he's black, and he said never, which I thought was really like interesting because I never heard that before. That he he said he at all times is aware that he's a black man because he's like he and he's like six four. He's a big guy. And he's like, ever since I was little, like my parents told me that I'm going to have to be prepared that some people will be frightened by you because you're a tall black boy. And so, yeah, just thinking of like, so like Tyler in this situation is aware that he's black and that makes him uncomfortable because of, um, yeah, just because of, uh, societal issues and everything. So yeah, that's, uh, it's a good one to good one to bring up i think it's yeah. a great movie and I, I don't think everyone will uh take to it but i think if you're uh if you watch a lot of fi- of films and also like indie movies as well especially you'll definitely like this um yeah like like i like we said michael sarah's in it caleb landry jones uh jason mitchell who played easy uh in the yeah, straight out of uh, compton movie uh and they're all great in it uh, so yeah, that's Tyrell. I th- it was on Hulu at one point. It might still be, but yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, not sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Where do we go from here? All right. Uh, I think we have. We <laughs> we have three more in the twenty tons to do. Three more. One. Yeah. Um. Yeah, here, do you want to go with uh, Sorry to Bother You? Yeah, 
Yep, that's the most recent one. I believe that's another 2018. Yeah, we have definitely talked about Sorry to Bother You before. Um, and yeah. Sorry to Bother You is similar in a way. It's similar, but also incredibly different uh, to a movie <laughs> called uh, Get Out because it is a a, a um, kind of a one of a rabbit hole film that will keep you on the uh, edgier seat. Um, but at the same yeah. time, I think this uh, I would almost I would say almost that this film is uh, one of the most radical um, on this list. Um, if it weren't for <laughs> if it weren't for one movie on this list, I would probably give it the most radical uh, award. <laughs> but there's this one that you just can't top it. Uh, but start we will get to that. Uh, but yeah, sorry to bother you. In a way, is like a modern. Um, so in a way, almost like a modern fight club with people of color and with a, a fashion, a fashion sense uh, to it and a, an art and an artistic sense to it. Um, it's uh, very unique, impossible to predict, um, and touches on all sorts of things that have been going on um, in the modern world, um, uh, such as, of course, racism, but also uh, classism and... Um, uh, classism and the problems of capitalism and uh, economic inequality and you know fuck the man and all that shit and uh, <laughs> the the man in this movie is played very well by Army Hammer. Army Hammer, uh, yeah. who's awesome, awesome in this movie. And <laughs> when I was when we were talking about Tyrell, I was thinking about the uh, do they make him like rap or do they make him say something? You know, I was thinking about that, and then immediately I remembered how in Sorry to Bother You. Uh, there's that scene where Army Hammer like gets Lakeith Stanfield to get up on stage <laughs> yeah. and rap. He's like, "Come on, yeah. rap!" and he starts trying to rap, and he like just doesn't know how. And then you could you look at Army Hammer's face; he's like really <laughs> pissed off. He's like, "What is this guy even doing here?" It's like <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. This is another one that has a great cast: uh, Lakeith Stanfield and Tessa Thompson. Mm-hmm. Two of like the biggest Terry young Terry Crews, right Danny Glover, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one is uh, just bonkers, and uh, I mean, it, it it gets to be bonkers. It starts out like a little bit, a little bit weird and different, and then just goes to another level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the third act, but uh, yeah, it, it tackles a lot of issues too mm-hmm. in America, not just uh, racial issues. And yeah. It, yeah, it does it in a really unique way. Yeah. yeah. I was I was watching it with someone and I I didn't tell them like anything about it. <laughs> really. I, I told them the minimal. I told them the minimal and then it just kinda unfolded and and then there's the scene with Army Hammer about, you know, like the uh the you know, turning them into that that I forget what they turn them into, but uh yeah and the, the i know movie, what it is but i don't movie, know what i don't want to the say the movie kind of goes anything. bonkers all of a sudden and and then you know so i i feel like when you're not expecting a crazy unique movie like that uh, and you might be expecting a normal movie that your head probably just gets blown you know out of its socket when something like when a scene like that happens or army hammers explaining how it all how you know his whole scheme works uh and everything like that mm. so yeah um good tip for viewers uh at times go in uh knowing less it might pay off just yeah just go along for the ride 
take in the the issues it brings up and uh, enjoy it too because yeah it is it is a fun one that uh, still has something to say uh, yeah and yeah, it's yeah, and it's it's really funny too and and uh, has some of the best uh, actors of the decade in mm-hmm. it, so yeah sorry to bother yeah. you I guess next we could either talk about if Beale Street could talk or uh, Chirac. Yeah, let's do uh, if Beale Street could talk. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Barry Jenkins's adaptation of some novel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see. At, um, the adaptation of James Baldwin's novel. Oh, okay. Oh uh, yeah, if Beale Street could talk, it, it came out in 2018. Uh, if you didn't see it, it's a young woman embraces her pregnancy while she and her family set out to prove her childhood friend and uh, lover innocent of a crime uh, he didn't commit. Um, so yeah, this movie's about uh, how this uh, young African American named Al- Alonzo uh, basically gets wrongly accused for murder, and it uh, it puts off him, uh, and the possibility of it putting him off being there for uh, his newborn child. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. kind of just the uh, the inner the inner conflict between the family that the, how the family's going through it and. Um, uh, it just their relation to uh, uh, the all the people in charge, uh, like the judges and everything like that. Yeah, I still haven't seen um, if Beale Street could talk, um, which is a shame because it's been on my Hulu list. For, oh, I thought like, I thought you I thought you months. had I thought we talked about it before. Yeah, there's been so many times that I've been uh, <laughs> that I've been planning to watch it and still haven't. But now, of course, this is inspiring me to watch it. But uh obviously like barry jenkins is uh yeah one of the one of the biggest um african-american directors right now and uh yeah i know i i really need to see this one because this is one that i feel like um a lot of people thought was snubbed uh during award seasons didn't really get a lot it did come out late i think yeah yeah regina king won for a supporting actress, I believe, but um, yeah, yeah, she did. It was like one of those things where it was guaranteed. Yeah, she yeah. was gonna win, which is cool. Um, I think she had a she had a great speech at the awards. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, but, yeah, but I feel and, like it wasn't really. Um, yeah, it wasn't really talked about too much. Besides. And you saw her big scene from the movie, like in the trailer, yeah. where she's like, "They're gonna have this baby," <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> like that, that's her. You've seen that. That's her big mo. Her big movie. yeah, and all the and all the awards promotions and yeah, the trailer and everything. Yeah, you see a lot of that from yeah. Regina King. So, yeah, I'm surprised you haven't seen it, but I would say uh, mm-hmm. I would definitely say watch that ASAP because I, it's not like a lot of the movies we've been talking about so far are very depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I think if Beale Street could talk is not depressing at all. I, I actually think it's very uplifting. Um, oh, and cool. very beautiful so uh yeah i, I yeah definitely recommend it um probably one of the more uplifting the most uplifting one we've talked about so far easily wow yeah it's yeah. very beautiful uh very ha- just um and it's not it's not a hundred percent um 
about uh, race as it is also about love. It's kind of a lot about like love in from a certain lens. Um, but there are there are a lot of scenes that do touch on race. Like there's a scene with Dave Franco that is uh, really awesome, where he 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 kind of uh, basically says in a way more eloquent way than I'm about to put it that he's not a racist, but he puts like the, it just you know the way his his perspective in a very just nice way that will make you uh, smile. So yeah, there's a good Dave Franco cool. moment in it as well. <laughs> No idea he was in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, like he's in one scene. <laughs> he likes. I think he shows them their apartment, and he's like, he says something like, "Well, it doesn't really matter to me," <laughs> or something like that. And you're like, "Oh my god, Dave, Dave Franco." <laughs> All right, that's if uh, if Beale Street could talk. Another good recommendation for me to check out. Yeah. Um, and there's uh, one more in the 2000s, 2010s. I mean, uh, like we said, there's a lot of a lot of of uh, cinema that's been touching on uh, the subjects of this week that's been put out in the past 10 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, people are giving getting more platforms and and stuff. Oh so. yeah, yeah, yeah. This decade was yeah. the it was almost it was the birth of the Hollywood African American director. Uh, Mm -hmm. in a way um but i think the last one to touch on which is like i said uh the most radical one by far is uh chirac and i don't know if you've seen that either it's another one that i haven't seen but i'm going to see right away i think um, this movie got a shit ton of hate it did i remember it being really controversial yeah when it came out just the just the name alone people yeah. were really irked by yeah. yeah this is one of those where when i tell people i l- real like i like it i've yeah people have uh, uh turned to me surprised um wow. which I, I for me it was i i definitely thought it, it was pretty radical and it was pretty in your face and um it's very musical musical esque where there's a lot, there's a lot a lot of scenes are very hip hop like um mm-hmm. but I, I i don't know i'm i don't totally see not understanding if i like the movie you know what i mean and seeing the movie is a total um a total strike you know yeah uh cuz i think i think it the everything the movie has to say um uh it, it's it's just it, i don't even know how where to begin on what this movie has to say because it really covers everything <laughs> that you could think <laughs> of because uh, it's spike lee and it's you know he's making a a radical musical called chirac so he kind of you know he kind of covers all the covers everything just when it comes to um a, a oppression among african americans and um uh yeah and so i would i would say that um i i would i would say i would say definitely just if you're looking for the most radical one and one by spike lee and one that uh is under recognized definitely go for chirac yeah i'm looking at some of the controversies here i like that that are listed and one of them is um 
There's an op-ed from an emergency physician in Chicago that argued that yeah. the Chicago deaths occurring nightly in local hospitals were used for purpose of entertainment. Um, that was after the trailer came out. Um, and just, and yeah, the, the use of Chirac. Uh, yeah. 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 I guess the city council of Chicago threatened to withhold tax credits from Spike Lee. Mm. Um from from making that i'm not sure what what ended up happening with that but um yeah i don't know it it almost seems to me obviously i'm not the one to make a decision but it seems to me that it's something that chicago needed to hear like it's not easy to hear that sort of thing uh especially just chicago being called chirac but yeah um yeah i don't know I, i think spike lee is uh obviously a great voice for um for african-american artists and i think he uh was maybe just yeah i don't know trying to trying to lend a voice to that to yeah to say that we need change yeah th- so, this movie is yeah. very flooring like i've seen it once and i i don't even re- know where to start or and i don't remember specific things because it kind of hits you it all all hits you in the face um, but I, yeah, I definitely just, I definitely just recommend it and to have an, uh, an open mind about it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's one of those when I tell people that I like it, it's like telling them that I like something like spring breakers. Sometimes they'll just look at you like, well, what? you fucking yeah. wacko, you know, that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I don't think, I don't see any, uh, I don't think I don't see any harm in what Chirac is trying to do or say um, and mm-hmm. the way it goes about its message. I think it, it all for me just worked uh, mm-hmm. honestly. And uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. And it's got Nick Cannon, Wesley Snipes, Angela Bassett, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Dang. Dave Chappelle, I, I I didn't remember. I didn't know these people were in. I didn't remember Dave Chappelle was in it, but I do remember one scene where I was like, "Oh my god, he's in this for like a scene." Um, <laughs> there's also a scene where John Cusack, he like has a big, big speech against like against like racism or something like that. I assume it's racism, and it is one of the craziest like scenes it is one of the craziest speeches um ever like the energy he gives and the passion like it is like i i might re-watch um it on youtube that speech uh after this because it is so great interesting that that's john cusack yeah no it is it's so random but he kind of gets into this he's in this church and (laughs) there's like a ton of i'm pretty sure there's a ton of black people in there and he just makes this really radical speech to this intense music, and it is one of the craziest scenes. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I mean, as a person who's seen John Cusack in, like, <laughs> a thousand Chicago it sporting events. It is not events, in his other Chicago that's... movies. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Cusack's an interesting Chicago, uh, Chicagoan to yeah, include in, that's for in sure. Chirac. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Chirac. All right, I I know that's an Amazon one, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. check that one out too. I think it was Amazon Studios even. All right, uh, where to next? Uh, are we still going chronologically? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. 
Um, so I guess would that be the wire? Yeah. All right. So we've don't usually talk about television, Ugh. television yeah. on here. <laughs> it's uh, it's such an old fashioned thing. That's a very lowbrow form of, of entertainment. Cinema. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the lowest of the. It's pond scum. Yeah. Uh, but I had I had to write uh, the wire um, on this list because it was. I watched The Wire, uh, the HBO series uh, by David Simon, uh, when mm-hmm. I was like I was twenty. I started The Wire, I think. Um, That's about when I did too. Or maybe I, I think it was actually later. I, I think I was like twenty-two, and it it informed me. It just informed me so much um, on how um, a city works and essentially how um, American cities. Uh, are broken mm-hmm. and which is um really the uh the whole uh the thesis of the whole show uh on what uh, david simon wanted to do was just to portray uh, a broken city and one that he experienced uh baltimore yeah yeah really interesting backstory to it too just david simon his time that he spent following like the baltimore pd and yeah um a lot of it is you know inspired by what he experienced and um so that yeah that i think adds an even more bigger element to it and it's very realistic and it's not yeah you know it's not just some typical cop show yeah it it almost has a documentary feel to it because the guy and i i think more his co-writers were journalists so Mm -hmm. um yeah they're they're not like they didn't start off dramatizing things they started off you know writing things as they see them you know and just taking them as they are so i think that adds a just a bunch of real gritty realism to the show and it's arguably the most uh one of the the most realistic thing that's been on uh camera in a way when just depicting uh how a city works how it's constructed Mm mm-hmm yeah, and actually, and so the reason I started watching The Wire is because in college I took a class on life in urban America, and for the whole class, The Wire was our um, your homework textbook, pretty much. Yeah, so <laughs> that's funny. It was a pretty awesome Real, class. So you guys it, watched like a an episode a week or something? Um, or I like forget a, how many it was per week. I think it, I think it was two per week. And then, um, and we finished two seasons by the end of the semester. Damn, and that's then, that's crazy! As yeah, your the wire was your textbook, and it was awesome. At first, it's like, oh, cool, we're watching like uh, like our only homework is to watch um, an HBO show, and then in class we just discuss it. And right, then, you know, we'll do like um, you know essays or projects on it. But, um, but yeah, it turned out to be a really like uh, not important class for me i would say because um it was one where we just kind of got to talk about things and i went to school in uh in small town iowa and i was the i think there was a couple people from the twin cities in my class uh but besides that i was like the only person that came from a bigger metropolitan area and uh it was kind of fascinating to hear like another side of it so people who have zero experience um you know seeing anything about urban america 
um, or you know, even just turning on their news in small town Iowa, and they're not hearing about all this stuff that's happening in Chicago. Yeah, um, and how lay- how so. layered and systemic uh, the problem goes. They're just probably like, "What? <laughs> how yeah, does that even yeah. happen?" So it was interesting to see. I don't know to just have like those discussions while watching the show too, because it is it's just very real and. And, uh, yeah, it, it's not made to be, like, a, a cop show where, you know, some someone's murdered. It's not like NYPD Blue or CSI or something where they're going to investigate some crime. Like, it's, yeah, it's about, uh, you know, life in this American city that's, uh, yeah, broken. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's a really important piece of, uh, of entertainment to... Because, like you said, it is very documentary, like, uh, like the highest quality of um, art. I think that you can that you can get out of a television show, and uh, yeah, people should people should watch it if they uh, if they haven't yet. And I've actually I started rewatching it um, during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> not related to all this going on. I didn't so. want to because I was like, <laughs> that's too dark of a thing to watch right now. Yeah, so so now I'm going through it again, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's even more eye-opening this second. So you ended so, up finishing yeah. it after your class. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was yeah, it was great. To, uh, I wasn't, I honestly wasn't expecting to, but um, yeah, just after those two first seasons, and then just talking about it constantly for the whole semester, you know. Right. Um. Yeah, I wanted to see what what else there was to it, so. Yeah. I think those third, the third and fourth seasons, I always like think of the most as like the ones where I was definitely mind blown the most. I'm 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 back in the third season right now. Yeah, the the, the yeah. like the the um, open market drug street where exactly they let yeah them, like all the drugs be sold in that one street. Yeah, that season is nuts. They, yeah, it was literally the last episode I watched. Um, you know, they were like, "You are now able to just sell drugs openly man, in in Baltimore." Man, I might yeah. I might rewatch The Wire now because I'm just thinking about that. Yeah, it's it it holds up to this day. It's everything's still yeah, relevant. It was yeah. made in like what early 2000s, late 90s, but uh, everything's still relevant to today, uh, and especially right now. So. Yeah, that's that's your uh, your TV watching recommendation. Yeah, the Wire, uh, very similar to the movie uh, Widows in a way. Yeah, I, I almost yeah. wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised at all if uh, if structurally, uh, Steve McQueen uh, ripped some of the structural uh, side of of the wire because it's very similar yeah. on just how it bounces bet- um, back and forth between like the citizens and the mayor then the criminals you know that all that mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah we sh- should mention if you if you have hbo and you liked game of thrones little finger uh, <laughs> is in it yes, too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's also not very likable so yes yeah. he's just yeah once again that'll help you get into it once again, he's a schemer. Yes. So yeah, that's the wire. Uh, what 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 do we got? What do we got next? Um, you you dropped a couple. Actually, there's one we could do first before one of those. Uh, uh I, I don't know if you've ever seen the film Belly. John. I haven't, but uh, I want to hear about it. 
that is a film starring wow it's like yeah there it is um it's uh starring nas and dmx uh, and it's directed by hmm. uh hype williams and this is a movie i saw very very long ago um and was kind of just so surprised because i was i was almost expecting just a movie starring two rappers that was you know where they they're fucking around and it's kind of you know kind of funny and the narrative isn't the sharpest you know like a movie that snoop dogg and dr dre would be in but this movie ended up being uh just super well directed and very well shot and actually had a lot to say and just being much smarter um than i ever thought it would be um definitely support very supportive of um uh, black lives matter and just all of that and um it goes much deeper much deeper um uh yeah i mean i don't i don't know what else, much more uh to say about it without spoiling and also i haven't seen it in probably like five years uh but it <laughs> i is one i've wanted to watch again for a while and actually i've kept it on my um favorite movies list uh oh, nice. for a while um if that credits me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah because i i was just so i was just so blown away by it when i saw it i recognize the uh the poster but i yeah i don't know anything about it but uh i mean yeah the, the cast it's like every rapper from the 90s yeah and, and a lot almost. of it's like actually a little bit of a hangout movie where like oh, nice. nas and dmx are just kind of hustling and going around and then um, there's just it's just much smarter than you'd expect um, a movie with two hip hop artists from the 90s to be. I'd say it's probably the best of that uh, class, possibly. Um, nice. Yeah, and, and it's a, it's also a very. I just remember laughing a lot during it. Like there's they they do capture <laughs> capture like there's like an African American aesthetic to it. Like for instance, DMX is always like smoking giant blunts like constantly (laughs) like he gets (laughs) he gets sent to prison and he's like still just got a giant blunt in his hand and he's just walking through the cell um and he's always and he's always yelling and he's always really funny and he just and uh yeah i just remember laughing a lot at dmx in it and it's a great bounce off for nas because nas is always kind of like more on the other end he's kind of like the very chill like the very chill kind of stoned like what are you talking about man and the dmx <laughs> is like i'm talking about this shit getting that money yeah. and it's and it's pretty it's yeah it's a great di- dynamic uh yeah nice yeah, definitely cool. check out belly belly hype williams all right from my from my list that i compiled of ours i got i got two left um how about you uh talk about uh hoop dreams briefly because you because we talked about it uh recently. oh yeah actually i forgot i forgot that was on my list yeah i've seen that uh movie <laughs> actually on uh like people who are posting like things you can watch things you can read uh hoop dreams mm-hmm. is on is on that usually so yeah hoop dreams we talked about a lot recently but uh yeah really really great documentary that it's a it's about basketball but um, really, it's about much more than that. It's it's really just, it follows these two 
black kids growing up in Chicago, and it follows them for a you know, number of years, and just kind of what their life is like, and um, you know what it what it leads to as they become adults, and uh, it, it focuses on them as basketball players because they're two you know pretty pretty uh, highly rated um, high school basketball players, yeah. and th- to them basketball is everything they think you know they don't they don't grow up in the best um you know neighborhoods so basketball is sort of what they think is their way out you know they, they almost think um either you have to be a an nba player or a rapper to get out of their situation you know and and they to them they think basketball is life and it, it, it pretty much takes over their their lives um as kids and then um yeah, then the film it's a really long documentary too cuz it it highlights a lot of the um the two main kids lives and what it focuses on towards the end of it is um I guess a realization for both of them that uh you know one for one of them it's um I guess it's a bit of a spoiler but it's it's also a documentary but um he realizes that basketball really isn't everything and he he thought that's what he needed to do to you know, become, you know, become the best somebody version of himself. Yeah. To become somebody, the best version of himself that he could be. And then he, uh, he slowly starts to realize, um, that, uh, you know, he starts to fall out of love with basketball as time goes mm-hmm. on and, and realize that it, it, it's not, it's not who he is and that right. there's more that defines him. So I think it, it kind of sheds a light on, how kids in these situations like South side of Chicago, West side of Chicago think that there's only these, you know, little narrow avenues that they have to define themselves and to, and to break out of, mm. um, when really they're that, you know, that maybe not be what, what is for them and that they need to find what their route is, but it's not really, it's not easy for someone who grows up in, um, you know, a rough, a rough neighborhood in Chicago. It's not easy for them to, to find a new path. Yeah. You know, for me, I, when I was 10, I wanted to play in the NBA when I grew up and then, yeah, you know, cause you were like, cause of that's my right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. And then a couple of years later I found out there's no way I'm going to play in the NBA right. when I grow up. So then I realized, Oh, maybe I can do, there's all these other pathways and careers that I could <laughs> seek out. And a lot of people in underprivileged communities don't really have that same, yeah, uh, luxury. So, uh, yeah, you know, it was easy for me to decide. Yeah, okay, there's. I don't have a chance uh, to make it to the NBA, and uh, yeah, for these kids, you know, they they idolized people like Isaiah Thomas because he went to the same high school. Um, so you know, he wanted to be exactly like him, do exactly what Isaiah did. Um, but yeah, then he he had a sort of a realization um, once he became more of an adult that he's not Isaiah Thomas and he's you know, whatever his name is. Can't remember it now, but <laughs> we're so bad at that. <laughs> yeah. There's so many names to remember, but, uh, but he is who he is. What you know? am I fucking talking about? Um, he's, he's not out there trying. He doesn't need to be the next Isaiah Thomas. He needs to be whoever he, um, he, well, whoever know, feels like his he needs to be. name is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, that reminds me of, I was watching in, um, Arian Foster once on, uh, the Joe Rogan experience and uh, Aaron Foster's kind of talking the whole time about how he, if 
he wouldn't like recommend playing football to his kids and almost if he would go could go back he wouldn't have done it and like almost sees it as like a waste of his time and only a thing he had um almost like a thing he had to do like an obligation because uh, he was such a big prospect and uh, so talented and uh, didn't know what else to do because he was you know a young kid and um which is a crazy thing to hear from uh, someone who's was like known as one of the best backs in the game at one point, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Who, when you're normally hear athletes being like, you know, this is my life. I love this game. You know, I'm so thankful yeah. for this opportunity. Uh, when others just were like, I got into this cause I was, uh, I felt trapped. Yeah. Oh, that's a few years ago. Uh, Bucks player Larry Sanders, he he retired when he was like twenty six or something yeah. because he just yeah. he was so depressed yeah. and he he knew he didn't love basketball. Put him in this in the scenario where he's supposed he's so good at basketball he's supposed to love basketball. Right. That's what he's supposed to do, and then he ended up just retiring all of a sudden because it wasn't for him. And now he's like an artist. Really? That's what he does. That's what he does for a living. Yeah. I think I think he's um, he paints. there's been articles about him where yeah just showing off his paintings and um, I think that's what he does uh, for a living now and he also like speaks on mental mental illness and stuff it's crazy too. so uh, yeah so yeah there's a lot of a lot of scenarios too where there's athletes realizing that you know even when they make it to professionals that it's it's not everything to them so yeah that's hoop dreams yeah nice all right, I think we got one more Spike Lee movie to do. Um, yes. We could have easily done. We could easily have eight more Spike Lee movies, but yes, you know, I, I I'm kind of doing in a way the most uh, important and relevant ones to uh, this week. Um, so mm-hmm. what's funny is I was looking at my list and I wrote down "Do the Right Thing" uh, twice. Um, I saw that too, <laughs> which, which uh, you know, I think uh, it deserves to be written down twice because "Do the Right Thing" is um, almost the ki- the king of uh, of racial justice movies, if you will, the mm-hmm. Citizen Kane, if you will, of racial justice movies. <laughs> um, yeah, it's one that uh, it's one of the most classic ones that. Um, where do where do you start if you haven't seen uh do the right thing this is another one like the wire that um totally unrelated i rewatched uh within the past couple months during during pandemic yeah and uh yeah and now it's i could rewatch it again because uh yeah on top of everything it's a really well just well made movie and uh it says so much and like all these movies that we're saying, we've, we've talked a lot about recent movies, but I mean, Do the Right Thing holds up today uh, from you know 1989 as something that still um, is just as important. And I think it shows why people are fed up with, um, with how things are right now, because there's a lot of anger um, throughout Do the Right Thing, right. especially in the end. Yeah. And yeah, that was, you know, 30 years ago so uh, over 30 years ago yeah and um so yeah i think that that just shows that this is why people are angry right now because we've been aware that there's been a problem but 
still haven't haven't been able to to fix it really i feel like the anger almost it's just it's not noticed until the end but then you it kind of is unleashed and you realize how angry um everyone is really throughout the movie because i feel like the movie has a almost a more nonchalant tone in the first a couple acts and um Mm -hmm. has almost has like a has kind of a you know hanging out on the on the block kind of vibe you know just like you know getting to know the neighborhood um but Mm -hmm. i think it's it's very just it's very subtle in like laying out how the neighborhood works and how everybody um in the neighborhood feels about each other um, mm-hmm. And there's clearly some dissent between everybody, um, uh, like, espe- like especially people of different race, like the Korean grocery store people, and um, uh, the fact that the neighborhoods, um, the neighborhood is uh, filled with African Americans, but there's uh, there's a white pizza joint, uh, um, and, and there's only white people on the walls, um, and and there's just kind of little jabs like that throughout but that kind of end up building to the na- uh the neighborhood uh uh really breaking uh in the end um and mm-hmm. it's it just becomes it becomes a very prophetic uh movie as it builds toward its conclusion and one of the most important ones on racial justice uh you know the yeah. citizen kane of <laughs> racial justice movies yes yeah, no, it definitely starts out as like uh, almost like a rear window where you're just observing. <laughs> a little bit. It's like rear window yeah. on the street. Yeah, you're just from a different perspective. You're observing, you know, life in um, in New York on a super hot day, and uh, which is relatable right now because it's been like in the 90s here. Oh, it is so hot and, here. Uh, it's unbearable. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but I mean, people are still out there protesting. Yeah um so it's yeah it's uh starts out like that and then just um it there it's like it gradually builds but at the same time um you know when when the the riot starts in the end it's it's kind of like you know snap of a finger like mm-hmm. this one moment yeah. all of a sudden erupts yeah um but yeah at the same time it's there's a lot of underlying things building up to it uh yeah and and yeah, I think it speaks a lot to the anger that people are feeling now. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's uh, as soon as I I started seeing like on the news all these like images of uh in Minneapolis of like buildings on fire and places like looted and glass just shattered these businesses. Yeah, I immediately thought of like do the right thing and mm-hmm. Sal's Pizzeria. Mm-hmm yeah and all that but uh yeah and 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 to relate it to black lives matter uh at the end as the riot begins uh an african-american is uh killed by police police even if it is uh accidentally he is killed by police and they kind of try to cover it up um yeah which makes it uh yeah um also the citizen kane of black lives matter movies (laughs) yes well, what's his um? What's his name again? Uh, who has the boombox? Radio, uh, radio, radio. Played yeah, by, radio. Raheem. Played by uh, Bill Nunn. Bill Nunn, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That that's really what um yeah jump starts everything. And um, crazy enough, that's kind of what jump started uh, 
what's going on in the country now. So yeah, it's very relatable to nowadays. Um, and from a movie standpoint, has a, has a great cast too. And um, yeah, Spike Lee even stars in it as Mookie. Um, Giancarlo Esposito for the Breaking Bad mm-hmm. fans out there. Yeah. He's uh, unrecognizable as bugging out. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Definitely um, a different character. Yeah. But yeah, this is, I think, out of all of these, this is kind of, yeah, it's like the it's the godfather yeah. of <laughs> racial justice Yeah, so movies. if you're looking yeah. to watch, yeah, the classically defined best one, uh, definitely watch Do the Right Thing. Yeah, this this one I would say, yeah, is for sure a must-watch. Uh, almost, you know, watch Do the Right Thing and then get into all these modern ones, too, that mm-hmm. we talked about. Yeah, it is so prophetic in, uh, mm-hmm. by the end. Yeah. All right. Then do you have any more on your list? I have one more, and it's a – it's an interesting one. Um, interesting I, one. It's, a, it's one in, from classic uh, cinema. Um, yeah, that's good. We which haven't is, had it, any classic is, films. And, but also there it is – what's weird about it is um, it is starring a white man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlon Brando, who is in fact, you know, very white, and directed white. by Ilya Ilya Kazan, who's very white. Um, I chose to talk about On the Waterfront, um, mainly because uh, I was uh, I was kind of awakened uh, by watching an interview with Spike Lee uh, one time, where he's breaking down On the Waterfront, uh, as a, apparently it's one of his favorite movies ever. And he directly, like, relates this movie as, like, an allegory uh, to Colin Kaepernick and taking a knee and uh, Donald Trump. Uh, Basically, he, like, there's a video, in the video, he's, uh, basically, he he showed, we watched the scene, he's like, you see that? That Brando is Kaepernick. And... (laughs) I gotta see yeah, this. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I forget what the uh, I believe Johnny Friendly is the villain and not the the main villain and not the waterfront. Johnny, that is Trump. And uh, kind of the way <laughs> that, um, the kind of the way how Marlon Brando's kind of an oppressed guy in the movie and used a lot, and how he kind of becomes the savior for all of the working men uh, in this movie is just one of one of the. I don't know. I I just felt like. It, I just I just saw that allegory real well that he was making. And I I just see that this movie's very relevant to um, any movement, um, any any people of oppression, really. Cool, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't um, I didn't even uh, notice this one on your list, and I wouldn't have thought of it right away. But yeah, you, I was thinking that you were probably like, "What <laughs> on the waterfront?" Yeah. <laughs> No, but that's super interesting uh, to hear about, especially Spike Lee talking about it. That makes me want to watch that interview. Um, but yeah, I I see that it totally makes sense. Um, I guess the parallels between that, uh, and yeah, I I, re- I can really see uh, Johnny Friendly. Yeah. As uh, as Donald Trump. Yeah. That is yeah. That's like, oh yeah, that's one of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. On the waterfront. 
Yeah, so yeah, for, the classic, for the classic lately, movie so. people. If you need a classic, there it is. There's probably some other... I thought about bringing up some other classic ones, but I wasn't really sure. Because I know there's like, guess who's coming uh, to dinner, which is yeah. a, seems like a very silly one, but I'm not... I haven't seen. The I'll whole be. Thing, I'll so be I'm honest. Really Every sure. time I'm watching a classic movie, it's filled with white people all the time. So I. His Girl Friday was just on TV today, and I was like, and I was just thinking that I was like, man, oh, what a great movie. And then I was thinking like, I was just thinking about how it's all white people. Yeah. Every <laughs> everyone just, is. Every single character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah. it's tough to bring up. That's um, what. Yeah. That's why. Because at least in on the, on the waterfront, there I don't think there's no black people in it that are playing the help of Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. Marlon Brando does. You know, he he is the help. So that's kind of why I thought it was good. Because every other one, like like what you watch some like Meet Me in St. Louis or something like that, they have all these black people in their house, like doing the dishes and stuff like that while mm-hmm. judy garland's just like <laughs> me me in st louis yeah. uh but I, you know what i was just thinking of uh 12 angry men doesn't that um i know it's like a like an 18 year old kid um who is um you know accused of murder but is it a black kid as well I can't I'm remember not, off the top I'm of my head. I'm not finding any, trying to figure any plot it out. summaries yet to confirm that. Yeah, I could have sworn, but I but I can't. Um, yeah, I can't I can't figure it out. But I'm Twelve Angry Men is definitely one that. Um, um, it's a Spanish can, American. Spanish American, okay. Um, so along the lines. Still along the same they lines, the, and I think it's. They they yeah they take their time to say Spanish American in it. <laughs> I th- I think it's still uh, an important one to, uh, yeah. to show people yeah. uh, just bringing up their own biases and uh, and how they um I don't know just having a having a discussion in depth discussion about um like, like the morals of something of you know convicting uh, a kid um, on the basis of reasonable doubt uh, you know with without much evidence to do so and um, yeah, I know. That, I think that's a, that's a, another important one that people can watch um, to sort of you know, question their biases mm-hmm. in a way. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend that one too. Um, Sydney Lumet movie. Yeah, it's also one where it's super hot uh, and everyone's like sweating profusely, like I am <laughs> right now. <laughs> so well, yeah. yeah, well, John, I think we I think we gave them I think we gave the American people enough. Yes, I think that that wraps that's up a, our that's suggestions. That's a good list. Yeah, there's definitely more, and there definitely will be more in the future. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, oh, also, new Spike Lee movie, um, is releasing on Netflix next week. Oh, really? Which is like huge news. Yeah, to Five Bloods. It's about five um, black Vietnam vets, um, and that's that's about all I know about. It. I know there's a trailer released. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be on Netflix uh, on June twelfth. So nice. It's probably gonna be another one to uh, to check out for everyone out there. Yeah, yeah. I, we we also didn't mention a uh, Black Klansman. <laughs> it's pretty Black Klansman, pretty yeah. obvious one. It's an obvious like one. Like I from said, we recent could have done yeah. ten Spike Lee movies. <laughs> yeah, all, Spike Lee's whole filmography almost. 
uh, in this. But uh, yeah, those are those are some good ones to uh, to check out if you haven't seen them yet. I know I got some uh, that I gotta that I gotta see myself. Yeah. So yeah, that does it. 